Nehemiah chapter 11 and verse 4, And at Jerusalem dwelt certain of the children of Judah and of the children of Benjamin, of the children of Judah, Athiah, the son of Uzziah, the son of Zechariah, the son of Amariah, the son of Shephatiah, the son of Mahaliel, of the children of Perez. And Messiah, the son of Baruch, the son of Calhuz, the son of Haziah, the son of Adiah, the son of Jorib, the son of Zechariah, the son of Shilonai. All the sons of Perez that dwelt at Jerusalem were four hundred and threescore and eight valiant men. Amen. Micah 2 and 12. I will surely assemble, O Jacob, all of thee. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together as the sheep of Bozrah, as a flock in the midst of their fold. Would you say that with me? As a flock in the midst of their fold. They shall make great noise by reason of the multitude of men. The breaker, everybody say the breaker, is come up before them. They have broken up and have passed through the gate and are gone out by it and their king shall pass before them and the Lord on the head of them. I want to preach to you tonight for just a few minutes on the genetics to a breakthrough. The genetics to a breakthrough. Everybody look at somebody and say, a breakthrough's got genetics. Amen. The Lord bless you. High five somebody and say, you look better than I do and you may be seated. (laughs) And everybody always laughs when I say that. I said the other night in Pueblo and they just cracked up, didn't high five. I said, I said, high five somebody and tell them they look better. Amen. Because you know in your mind you're saying, I'm lying to this turkey right in his face. Amen. He don't look this good. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Revival. A breakthrough. Are we asking too much? Are we thinking too big? Are we looking for what can't be found? Or is our faith unfounded? I would say we are not asking too much. Nor are we thinking too big. And our faith is not unfounded. We will find what we are searching for because we are promised if we shall seek We shall find. Tonight we stand in a privileged position as not only observers, but also participators in the literal fulfillment of the very end of the end time of prophecy. We are in a prophetically pregnant moment, ready to give birth to a breakthrough revival and harvest. The hand of God is striking midnight on eternity's timepiece and those who have eyes of the spirit can see plainly that we are entering the climactic conclusion of this space called time. Russia has moved back to the forefront of political visibility and God has kept his word and has set a hook in her jaw and she has begun to move south towards Israel as the word of God has decreed. This should not move the church to fear but yet joy and anticipation when this latter house shall be greater than the former house and the whole earth shall be filled of his glory. 2,500 years ago, the prophet Ezekiel looked through the telescope of prophecy and saw 
this generation when Israel would become a nation. And that happened in May 15th, 1948. The prophecy upon them was when they had enjoyed their first 70 years that that generation would not pass, but the Lord would come. And so now 2018 made the 70 years a fulfillment. The nation of Israel rejoiced and shouted. I follow a couple of uh, links of Israel and Jews, uh, Jewish, uh, whatever you want to call it. And the whole year, 2018, they were dancing in the streets and blowing horns and they were just rejoicing the whole time because they had turned 70. Yet this same prophet in chapter 36 declared to the church, God's heavenly seed, the stars of the heaven. Everybody say the stars of the heaven. Previously to this, he talked to Israel, the sands of the sea. But then the other side of it is the stars of the heaven. So the sands of the sea is God's earthly people. There was no number to them. And to the stars of the heaven, there was no number to them. And the stars of the heaven is the church. And the prophecy to the church was, your branches shall shoot forth. You will yield fruit. He said, I am for you. I will turn you. I will multiply men upon you. They shall increase and bring fruit. I will settle you after your old estates and I will do better unto you than at your beginnings. I'm preaching to this church. We are living in the last few moments of this end time era. And God said, I'm gonna make your branches shoot forth. You will yield fruit. I am for you. I will turn you. I will multiply men upon you. I've come to say it again tonight. There is a mighty revival that's poised to break forth on this apostolic church. And I've come by this church to say, it's coming for you. God said, I will do better unto you than at your beginning. The latter house shall be greater than the former house. The last revival will be greater than the first revival. The greatest outpouring will be the last one, not the first one. The first one was needed. 3,000 in one day, 5,000 the next day. Ephesus grew to over 50,000 and so on and so forth. But this end time church will be greater. Touch somebody next to you and say it will be greater. Tell somebody this revival will be greater. Tell somebody our revival, our revival, our revival will be greater. It'll be greater than anything you've had. It'll be greater than anything you've seen. It'll be greater than anything you've experienced. It will be the last great outpouring of the Holy Ghost and then will the end be. So in spite of what it looks like, in spite of what you are hearing through the news, the prophets of doom, I've come to preach to you tonight in short order. There is an end time breakthrough coming. The prophet Joel joins in and says, the latter house shall be greater than the former house. In the last days, saith the Lord, I will pour out of my spirit upon a little bit of flesh, upon some flesh. He said, I will pour it out upon all flesh. Come on, you've got to begin to believe that. Amen. God's going to pour it out on your kids. 
He's going to pour it out on your kids that are backslid. You've got to begin to pray this every day. Pour out the Holy Ghost. Pour it out on them to work. Let them get goosebumps on their arms at work. Let it run up their back. Pour out the Holy Ghost. You can be seated. He said, I will restore the years that the canker worm, the caterpillar, the locust, and the palm worm have destroyed. Two of these insects devoured what was above ground. Two of them devoured what was below ground. What does that mean, Brother Godwin? Two of them, two of these insects devoured things that were growing, lives that had been born again, and they were beginning to mature. But out of nowhere, whew, they were devoured. Then there were some that were devoured while they were still in the ground. They weren't born yet. New converts, people you were teaching to, people you were teaching Bible studies to, and then suddenly they just vanished, turned their back on you. It was the end time prophecies. It was insects. It was caterpillar, the palm worm, and so on and so forth. They devoured our harvest. So a breakthrough is not only possible, it has been prophetically promised. You may be saying, I've gone as far as I can go. I've done all that I can do. And I've given all that I can give. But I want to say to you tonight, I would to preach to you that there is a genealogy to this breakthrough. There is a legacy, a lineage, and a pedigree. For your breakthrough is and does have a genetic structure. Your breakthrough has a genetic structure. Look at the words, genetics. It's a branch of biology that deals with the heredity of organisms. It is the genetic makeup and phenomenon of an organism, a type, a group, or a condition. A breakthrough. It's an offensive thrust that penetrates and carries beyond a defensive line in warfare. It is a sudden advance in knowledge or even technique. Yes, there is tonight. There is going to be a sudden advance penetrating through the barriers and blockades. There is going to be a spirit of revelation and the knowledge that we are involved in and ye, ye even are baptized into a spiritual organism, a phenomenal group and condition called the church. Oh, I wish I had more amens on that. We are involved in and have been baptized into a spiritual organism. It is a phenomenal group and it is a wonderful condition. It is called the church, which is the body of Christ. Oh, I know we got our little friends and we got a nice little auditorium and all that. But ladies and gentlemen, God didn't make a church to be a clique in a club and a little, little, little fancy group of people over here just stayed barred off from everybody else. No, when he saved us, he made us members of his body. <laughs> members in particular. Somebody shout, I'm a member of his body. And so failure is never final. Paul Meyer said 90% of all those who fail are not actually defeated. They just quit. H. Stanley Judd said, don't waste your time and energy trying to cover up your failures. Learn from your failures and go on to the next challenge. It's okay to fail. If you're not failing, you're not growing. I got five amens, I think. I said, if you're not failing, you're not growing. 
Has anybody, I mean, we got a bunch of elders in here. Has anybody got old and never failed? Never got a, nobody ever had a scab on your knee? All y'all never had a scab on your knee, you know? Yeah, I played baseball. I could play one. I'd slide in home plate. It one time it slid in and I didn't realize it, but they'd right hand batters had dug the dug at dug the batter's box out and it was whoosh and I went down in that dip in that batter's box and come up on that rubber plate and it just whoosh, just tore my hide off. Played the rest of the summer with a great big old patch on my hip, and every time I'd slide, you'd rip it off, blood going everywhere. That's it, brother. That's God. You didn't get me. Amen. So you get a scab when you fall. Has anybody ever got a scab on your leg? Come on, wave your hand. Well, some of y'all, ain't, we, need to, we need to have a scabbing party here. 9% ain't never had a scab. You ain't never fell down? No, oh, Lord, y'all messing me up. I'm playing, I, I tell myself, I'm going to go right through my nose, preach, be done, I'm going to be headed back home. Like y'all just sitting here looking at me, and I just can't leave it alone. <laughs> Amen, look at somebody say, I've had some scabs. Amen, I've fallen. Amen, but what'd you do when you fell? You got up. You may have limped. I limped. Blood ran down my uniform. It, it was nasty, but I just kept on playing. What you, you learn when you fall, you learn. George Bernard Shaw said, "A life spent making mistakes is not only more honorable but more useful than a life spent doing nothing." The Texas farmer said, "It don't matter how much milk you spill, long as you don't lose your cow." So we must declare: When I fall, I shall arise. I'm going to get up. Touch somebody and say, I'm going to get up. One writer said, we will not stumble at the feet of stronger men nor cower in the face of our critics nor despair over our difficult endeavors. But we will, somebody shout, we will engage in the arena of conflict. One writer said, I bear in our bodies the scars of war and our souls shall attest to the fact that we are an advancing army against all blockades and barriers. Today there is a pedigree to a breakthrough. Pedigree is a register. It's a record of line of ancestors, an ancestral line or lineage. It's the record of distinguished ancestry. Small-mindedness. Greatness is not determined by the amount of money we acquire or the level of education we might attain or the degree of promotion achieved, but greatness. Somebody say greatness. In a person is measured by the cause that propels you forward. This is a revolutionary church that is possessed by the Holy Ghost power of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I got the same spirit. It's a revolutionary spirit. Revolutionaries involving or causing a complete or dramatic change. Total, entire, absolute, utter, complete, exhaustive, sweeping, far-reaching, profound change. When you got the Holy Ghost, you got the revolutionary spirit of God that when you are dead, when you get the Holy Ghost, you shall be alive. When you got the Holy Ghost, you may have been bound with drugs and alcohol. It may have been many years ago, but do you remember the morning or the day or the night you got the Holy Ghost and that delivering power? Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, you're infused and endowed with a yoke-destroying anointing. You're endowed with gifts of the Spirit, armed with apostolic anointing, and empowered by a paradigm-breaking vision. So we must refuse stale religion. We must refuse the status quo. 
We must refuse easy come and easy go, modus operandi. We refuse business as usual, church as usual. We rebuke lukewarmness and lethargy. And we are looking for a breakthrough. This is a breakthrough service, I believe. Somebody's going to leave changed and challenged, charged for a breakthrough. I believe the revelation's going to happen in your mind. The light's going to go on. We refuse to go back and return the way we came. But we want to leave with a breakthrough. 150 years before Ezekiel prophesied, the prophet Micah declared, I see an assembling, a gathering of people. He said, they are a flock inside of a fold. And they're making a lot of noise. Here he declares, the breakers are coming. They have broken up and they have passed through the gates. And the Lord is on their head. Who are these breakers and what is their genealogy? Nehemiah 11 and 4 they are of the tribe or the children of Judah. Boy, I could take a dirt road and preach on that for a long time. They're of the tribe of Judah. The genealogy is, a, genealogy is the record of ancestry. What is our spiritual ancestry? How far back can you... Go in your line. As far as I can go back is my mom and dad. I can't go too much further than that. I had an uncle that checked our uh, tree of, a, of the Shook family. And there was lots of people. Had a had one Baptist preacher in there. I met him. My mom's uncle. He was an old man. Good man. Nice man. But that was the only genealogy, genetic genealogy we could find of spiritual anything, anybody going to church nobody went to church in the record that they could find, it went back three or four generations so the text, I'm going to move on says in this genealogy, Nehemiah is Benjamin he's the son of my right hand or my power then there's Judah that says now I will praise the Lord then there's one called Mahaliel, which is the praise of God. Not just any God, but the praise of Elohim, the God with plenty of might and power. Elohim here paints a picture of a ram that relentlessly butts its head against an obstacle until it breaks through. Praise then releases the power of God to break through all walls and barriers. Then as you go on down through the names, when I read the text, then there's the man Perez. And I look, what, what does Perez mean? Perez's name means to break down or to break through or to burst. This is the same word used in Micah for the term breaker, which points to the coming of Jesus Christ. So Nehemiah emphasizes that Perez had 468 sons. These are his descendants of his lineage and of his genes. Perez was not just one man, but he had sons. Not just one breakthrough, but many breakthroughs. 468 breakthroughs. God beget a son named Adam. 
who beget a son named Seth, who beget a son named Mahaliel, the praise that breaks through, who beget a son named Enoch, who beget a son named Methuselah, who beget a son named Noah, who beget a son, the beget a son, the beget a son, and so on and so on, until they beget an Abraham, who beget an Isaac, who beget a Jacob, whose son beget Perez, all the way down to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, born in Bethlehem, was part of this seed. He is the seed of Adam. What are you saying? When you and I are born again, we become connected to these spiritual genetics or genes. Amen. We now are connected to a spiritual bloodline. My bloodline is Indian, but my spiritual bloodline goes all the way back to Jesus Christ. When I was born again, I became a new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Stay standing. Our second birth connects us to the Adam, the second, who is the Lord from heaven. Stay standing. By being baptized in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is applied and we become, somebody shout, I become a new creation. My second birth or my second genetics is greater than my first birth or first genetics. In our genetics, there is a praise and power. There is a hard-headed praise, a Mahalia praise that says, I just can't stop praising the Lord. The bloodline gives us heritage, lineage, and pedigree. And if we lay hands on the sick, the Bible said they shall recover. Whatever I bind on earth is bound in heaven. We can resist the devil and he will flee from us. We can speak to the mountain and it will be removed into the sea. How is that? Because when I was born again, I got put in contact with spiritual genetics that goes all the way back to Jesus Christ. I'm done. Look at somebody and say, I've got spiritual genetics. And that's what I want to just close with to this church. You've been faithful for a hundred years. You've been here. Your lineage is great. And I want to tell you, you have got spiritual genetics. Not just to the last hundred years of saints that have been here and passed on and are with the Lord now. But it goes way beyond that. It goes way back into the thousands. And it goes way back into the hundreds. And it goes way back to 33 AD. On that day of Pentecost, we have genetics, spiritual genetics, spiritual genes that connect us to the early church. And most importantly, it goes on past that all the way to Jesus Christ, who was God manifest in the flesh. Amen. I said he was God manifest in the flesh. When you and I were born again, we have been given those spiritual genetics. That's why whenever you got the Holy Ghost, you quit smoking, drinking, acting crazy. Amen. Look at somebody say, when I got the Holy Ghost, I changed quickly. How was it? Because you started following the Spirit. You started living off of your spiritual genetics. Now, you still have your fleshly genetics. You can, you can, you can fall back and you can go on and follow the flesh and follow those old genes. But you have got spiritual genes. Amen. And as long as you will walk in the Spirit and push and pray and reach, you will increase. You will multiply And I'm going to say it to this church. Your greatest revival is on the brink. You are on the brink. (laughs) 
say, Brother Goblin, how, how do you know that? I know that because you are connected to spiritual genetics. And there is a genealogy to the breakthrough. Breakthrough doesn't happen just because you got a lot of money. It don't happen just because you got good music. You've got to be connected to the genetics of it. Amen. Old grannies and grandpas that sang in under brush harbors. I think of Brother Davy, close as I can get to the brush harbor in Tampa. He has a little lean-to church, Jamaican man from New York, from Toronto, Canada. Came down to Tampa, went to Brother Wolf's church for a little while and started a little church over in the lean-to shack up against a big building. Went in there and preached, had about 35 of them in there. He was the only music they had. He couldn't sing on tune. Nobody, them Jamaicans sang horrible. I tease him about it. I'm going back in August. I'm going to make fun of them every time. Because they sing pretty now. I remember when y'all couldn't carry a tune and a thousand buckets and they'll just laugh. Brother David played the guitar. The only music they had had three strings out of five string guitar. He just And I mean the power of God and fall on people come to the altar and get the Holy Ghost and I just, amen. We just need good music, spiritual music. We don't just need fancy music. I've been in some horrible musics. Departments in churches. I mean, they were just doing the best they could, but amen, they were giving it all they had, and God would show up anyhow. Amen. So grab somebody by the hand and say, We've got spiritual genetics that are greater than our natural genetics. And if I took the time to just really prove it to you, it goes all the way back to Jesus Christ. Amen. Somebody say, We've got spiritual genetics. Amen. So, Pastor, I want you to come, your wife to come. I want y'all to come up here, if you would, right here in the front. I want everybody in the church to come down here next to them, around them. Come right here in the altar. If I can have a piano player to give me some mood music, amen, we'll be good. Everybody come on up here around the pastor and his wife. Amen. I preached short today, didn't I, baby? Hallelujah. This man did good. He preached last night for Brother Haygood. Amen. And we want to pray for them. Let's remember to pray for them. And pray for that church and pray all the way down I-10. That's what we're after here. And it's been something that's been pushing in my spirit for, well, since about 1987, 98, when I met Brother Morgan and he came into church in Oakmogee there. I was sitting in that service, first service. Walked in the back door and he stood there looking around. I was sitting on the back pew on that side. Me and Keith Hewlin were sitting on the very back pew and I looked back and seen him. Didn't know we'd become great friends. Hadn't talked to him much in the last year or so, a couple times last year. I think I've talked to him once this year, but you don't want to mess with him because I got his back, amen. He's mine. And uh, amen, so there's just a prophecy that we're connected to. I mean, we're off of I-10. There's a prophecy that went 50, 60 years ago. The cold prophesied about it when he was up in just Baton Rouge and was preaching about revival. Preached about I-10. Great revival. Didn't know. And then Brother Spears was preaching in California and mentioned the I-10 corridor. Just nobody knew it. Maybe Spears just preaching a young evangelist. He was just preaching about a revival from Houston to New Orleans. And Brother Morgan gets a dream up in Oak Mogie. Great ball of fire comes out of the heavens gets down over Oak Mogi and explodes and great big balls of fire explode out of that one big ball of fire and land in Houston and they drop all the way down along what he will learn is I-10 and it will drop down in New Orleans and it will go on into Florida and go down towards Arizona. 
understand it but over the years within just a short time he understood God began to speak to him about Interstate 10 so that's why I'm here that's why Brother Ben Wall's here that's why Pastor called him when he was ready to retire and just boom done deal I mean you did bring in everybody I, I, everybody else's vote don't count done you got it that's the way we do it right there hallelujah that's apostolic amen we take the yeas and forget the noes amen Those don't amount to nothing hallelujah but amen. So, so that's what's going on. Now, we didn't know it. We don't understand it all. We don't know how it's going to happen. But we know what the Lord's shown Brother Morgan and Brother Cole and Brother Spears. And we're here. We're right off 15 miles north of I-10. And you're in, the, you're in the bullet path. I just got news for you. Amen. So just get ready for your young kids, your backslidden kids and backslidden family members and people at work. Just get ready for it. Over the next few weeks, I'm asking you to pray and dig in. Dig in with Pastor Benoit. And when he feels it, we'll come back. Or David will come back. Or Brother Morgan. Somebody will come in here and we'll throw gas on it. It'll just... There'll be hundreds getting the Holy Ghost and we'll all be going, Good night. That's the kind of God I worship. Everybody say amen. So turn around, look at somebody and tell them, I'm connected to spiritual genetics that are greater than my natural genetics. Amen. That doesn't, that doesn't minimize our natural. We're not doing away with our natural connections. But our, our spiritual genetics give us oversight. We're born again. It puts us in the body of Christ. And everything in the world is under the feet of the body of Christ. So touch somebody and tell them we're on top of everything. Amen. So that's what I wanted to preach to you tonight. I felt like the Lord wanted me to tell you. I let chucked a bunch off of both ends and a big chunk out the middle. Look at somebody and say, thank you very much. <laughs> the chunks you cut off and the chunk you cut out. I think you got it. Amen. So I want you to lift your hands. I want you to pray with each other. Jesus, I'm praying for this church over the next few weeks and a couple of months. Let there be a coming together of minds and spirits. Let the gift of revelation come. In the name of Jesus, let them begin to see in the midnight hours their children praying through. I don't care if they've been backslid 15, 20, 25 years. God, I want you to give them a dream of them praying back through at a coffee table, at a truck stop, in this church, in this altar, in a house with a Bible study. God, let them see it. Let them see their friends praying through. Let them see this 15 miles north of I-10. Let them see it on fire with the power of the Holy Ghost, God. Let it happen in Jesus' name. I pray in Jesus' name.